0: Okay, so we're sitting outside of the the cover, the grave of Shimon bar Yochai and as you might know there are four holy cities in Israel Yerushalayim help me Tveria Svat, and Hebron those are called the four holy cities of Tzvat and we're told that these four holy cities correspond to the four elements. Yes, earth, fire, wind, or, and water. So let's let's see, what do you think Teveria is? Water. Water, water. is obviously water because it's on Yom Kinneret. Um, Yerushalayim, fire. Because the, the temple, the temple, okay. Truthfully be, it burned twice. But the the service in the temple was represented by the fire on the altar and the light of the Torah. So Yerushalayim is called fire. Svat, wind, because spirit. Because the same word for wind is ruach, is spirit. And this is what drew all of the Kabbalists to Svat that it has a unique um, spiritual ambiance to it. And that leaves Hebron, which is earth. Earth, earth. 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 Just earth. <laughs> <laughs> because Hebron is the place where our patriarchs and matriarchs are buried in the earth. And we're told that the word Hebron is from the word Haver, which is the same as Chibur. What are friends? two people who are connected, a chibur is a connection two people who are connected to each other are friends and we're told that the maratha machpelah, the place where the patriarchs and matriarchs are buried is the chibur the connector between heaven and earth between this world and the world to come that's the symbolism of the matriarchs and matriarchs being buried there and what is machpelah from the word kaful? So Rashi tells us, why is it called the cave of two? So he says, either it's because there are the couples, there are four couples buried there, right? right? And also, it's called Kiryat Arba for the four couples that are buried there Avram and Sarah, Yitzhak and Rivka, Yaakov and Leah, and Adam and Chava. So the mach kaful is because you have couples. Rashi also tells us because it's a double cave. When you go there they're buried below in a real cave, in a real cave. This is a building above the cave, but it was a double cave. It was. I had two layers of cave. But the what's called the secret, and that's what Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai revealed about the entire Torah every verse in the Torah every word, every letter, every story has a deep mystical secret Kabbalistic meaning it was revealed that at this place in Hebron, this is where this world and the world to come touches that's the mach But back to spot one of the reasons why Tzvot is considered a holy city is in no small measure because of where we are right now is because Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai is buried here in Sfat and in a sense it's part of the same um... area not only that but not more than three minutes from here right up here is Rabbi Yochanan Hassanler who redacted the the Talmud Yerushalmi, the Jerusalem Talmud? He's buried right up here, and right below, not more than five minutes, um, Hillel is buried, and right across, somewhere on that mountain, is Shammai. Now look look at the um, the poetic justice here: that Hillel and Shammai are buried in two mountains across from each other right because despite the fact that we think that they were arguing all the time since their argument was for the sake of heaven they they deserve to be buried right close to each other because their arguments were not what we think are uh, are uh, heavy arguments it was for the sake of heaven so comes from that same root as Right. Chabrutah is two people learning together and they're connected to the Torah that they're learning so this whole Shabbos we're spending in the area of the holy city of Sfat and Meron and so they're already bringing in Shabbos with Reb Shlomo, look at that we used to <coughs> this is going back like eight or nine years we used to bring um, three buses of students up at at a time to Tzvat. We used to take uh, the whole Ron Hotel and we used to go down to the cave of uh, Hillel and it's a a relatively small cave we couldn't all fit in there We, we did it in shifts and we would sing in this cave like 50 people and the acoustics bouncing off the wall was out of this world. It was out of this world. Anyway, so I want to say a few things about Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai. We have the privilege to be here. And I, was discuss- I-, I mentioned to my son that we were going to-, to Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai before the Shabbaton. So he was up here last week. And he said that one of the teachers said the following thing. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, first of all, was a master of of Jewish law. He's mentioned approximately 300 times in the Mishnah. In other words, he he knew the entire written and oral Torah. Not just knew it, but he contributed to the transmission of the written and oral Torah. But he, he was a student of Rabbi Akiva. He was one of the five students who, after... the the 12,000 pairs of students, 24,000 students of Rabbi Akiva died so Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai was one of five that Rabbi Akiva started all over with and transmitted the, the tradition to them and it was really for Rabbi Akiva that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai was introduced to the mystical aspects of the Torah if you know the story of what are called the four that entered into the Pardes, four that entered into we we'll call it paradise. Pardes, per, paradise, is is rooted in the word Pardes. And only Rebbe Akiva went in in peace and came out in peace. And what is this Pardes? This Pardes was a a deep dimension of spiritual attainment that they had reached after literally a lifetime of purifying themselves and preparing themselves to reach incredibly high spiritual levels. The only Rebbe Akiva was such a, a, a master that he was able to go in in peace and come out in peace. Right. The, the rest ended up, one died, one went a little bit crazy, and the other one became a heretic. And only Rebbe Akiva went the in in peace and came out of peace. And so it's from Rebbe Akiva that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai really learned the mystical dimension of the Torah. And after Rebbe Akiva had already been tortured to death, So, Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai, this is still during the time of the very, very harsh Roman rule over Israel. And Rabbi Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai was overheard saying something not so nice about the Romans. And because they knew he was like one of the leaders, they put a, a death penalty on his head. And he had to flee to, uh, according to most opinions, to a cave by Pekin. Pekin's maybe 20, 25 miles from, from us in, in the direction of the Mediterranean. And you actually can go into Pekin. Pekin today is a, a, a Druze, Arab-Christian town with like a, is one family that traces its uh, lineage back to the second temple. And since then, in the last 10-15 years, a small group of Jews have, have tried to move back to Pekin. But you can actually go to the cave and, and see by tradition where, where, where it was. And it was in that cave, according to tradition, Rabbi Shimon and his son Rabbi Eliezer wrote the, uh, the Zohar. He was there, they were there for 12 years. So this is the story, and this this is what my son told me, is that it wasn't just that Rabbi Shimon was able to delve into the depths of every nuance of the Torah, but also he was able to delve into the depths of every Jewish person. And when did the transition happen? when the transition happened so the story is that after 12 years they heard a voice saying you can now come out of the cave so they came out of the cave and this is after 12 years of uninterrupted learning the the very depths of torah that maybe no one had reached until then and they came out and they saw farmers tilling the fields and like, they couldn't comprehend like how like how how do people just go about their mundane business and the Gemara says however we understand that everywhere they looked they were burning people up in other words they were they were so on fire from the Torah they were as it were they had no vessels and they were just like burning up the world. So another voice comes out and says, Go back to the cave. I didn't, t- I didn't send you out to destroy my world. So they went back into the cave. And a year later they came out. And Rabbi Shimon's son was still having a problem, like burning up the world. But Rabbi Shimon apparently had learned his lesson. But when did he learn his lesson? It was Heir of Shabbos, just like right now. And he saw an old man like running like towards home with two bundles of myrtle, of hadas. So he said to him, what are you doing? So he says, I, I got these for Shabbos. He said, but why do you have two bundles? So he said, one is for Shamor to guard the Shabbos and one is for Zachor, to remember the Shabbos, because in the Ten Commandments one time it says Zachor the first time and the second time it says Shamor. When Rabbi Shinnon heard this, he was like, I, I had no idea that even the simplest Jew could have such a, a, a deep and profound insight and with that he he was like, he like changed he like changed and after that it was said he was able also to plummet the depths of every Jewish soul tonight we're going to hear a lot of stories about the Arizal and in a sense the Arizal was the spiritual inheritor of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and I'm not going to tell you stories about him now, because we're going to hear hopefully plenty on Savas, But about the Arizal, talking about being able to see into the Neshama. It was told that people would go to him, and he would just look at them, and he could tell them all their previous lifetimes. He could tell them what they had done right or wrong in this lifetime. And what they needed to do to fix their soul, like right now, in order, in order to rectify themselves. And he, he, just, he, could just, he just looked at people, they said through, through the forehead... And there's a whole section in the Zohar <coughs> revealed by Rebbe Shimon and by Yochai that that was how Moshe was able to pick the, the elders. As he, he could look at a forehead and know everything about the person. Now for, that, for us it sounds like, like way out, but here we're talking about people on such a high, refined, spiritual, holy, pure level That dimensions that are not open to us are open to them. And so it says, it said that once word got out, the Rebbe, that the Arizal could do this, like if people, let's say someone did something wrong, and they knew they did something wrong, so they would wear their hats, like over, over their foreheads. Because they were afraid that maybe they would walk past the Ariza, and the Ariza would just look at them and look at their forehead and know exactly what they did. So suddenly people people started wearing their hats very low in Sfat. Right? But the truth is, there were so many holy people in Sfat at the time of the Ariza. But a, a little bit more about Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Probably everyone, yeah, probably everyone has heard of the Zohar. And, but what many people don't know is that the format of the Zohar is basically a perush, an explanation of the Chumash. Now, there's a way that the Zohar is set up. It's set up as Breishit, Noach, Lech Lecha. It goes through all the parshas of the Torah and explains the verses in the Torah but it explains it on very very deep levels very very deep levels and so this is a very important point because so many people think especially today when Kabbalah is very in the open now that a lot of people think that Kabbalah is a spiritual science we'll call it that uh, that somehow other than Judaism that you, know, that you can learn Kabbalah extracted from its source in Judaism now of course this is the farthest thing from the truth and, and that's why I pointed out that the Zohar itself which, which are the deepest secrets in the Torah are, is basically the, the deepest secrets of Kabbalah is basically an explanation of the the mitzvahs in the Torah and there's stories in the Torah. <laughs> and so this is so this is very important to understand this is it's the same Rabbi Shimon who's mentioned three hundred times in the Mishnah, who was the same Rabbi Shimon who could reveal these deep secrets. Because they're, they're <clears throat> meshed together. And that's one of the meanings of what Pardes is. Pardas is shot ram is jewish and so i was seeing the text and it's simple alluded to meaning allegorical metaphorical meaning and then the deeper mystical kabbalistic meaning but they all go together they're all connected together so my wife really wants me to tell this story the story is is that rabbi shimon had a very special group of people that he learned with, that he called the chavraya. Again, the word chaver. This is very special because they were his students, but he called them his chavra, his chavraya, and they learned together and they they bounced off of each other. And throughout the Zohar, there's stories of different groups of these fifteen, twenty that were always walking on the way and one would say like, tell me a word of Torah and they would start discussing and a lot of the secrets came through that way anyways, they were sitting in this area in own, and they were very poor because they were learning all the time and some of the people had left the yeshiva and were now businessmen and were doing very well so one day, one of the students was like, would it be the end of the world if we like, had riches also? And we could learn Torah. Which would be ideal. So Rabbi, this is how the story goes. That Rabbi Shimon says, you want riches? And he took him outside. And this, right over here. Been, this side of the <laughs> and he said, you want riches? And he did whatever he did. And again we have to always understand these stories on whatever level we understand them. And there were hundreds of gold coins appearing. And they're like Wow. Filled up with gold denarii, Gold coins. And they're like they're like, Wow. Right? The best of all worlds. So Rabbi Shimon said, Please please go. They're yours. He said, but you just have to know one thing every coin that you take from this valley will come off of your account in the world to come your choice <laughs> so Rabbi Shimon is waiting there to see what his students will do not one of them takes a coin not one of them takes a coin wouldn't really risk takers right I guess not <laughs> Or, they knew where the better investment was. They knew where the better investment was. Okay, so, this is just an introduction. Um, I, I really want to bless us with uh, um, a deep, holy, um, meaningful experience of Shabbos. Um, we couldn't be in a better place to have a deep holy, meaningful experience, but a lot of it will depend on us as a, as a group and I see this is a very special group we have here and so let's, let's sing together if people have uh, words of Torah to share, if you have stories to share, but let's, let's do this experience together. And it will be the best of all Shabbos.